Well, about two or three days ago, um, Jim Wimberly said, Hey, Kyle, will you, um, will you speak to the guys that forgot their sons? And uh, I said, yeah, I would be absolutely uh, happy to do that. And uh, since I have three daughters and I kind of overloaded last week uh, at the men's breakfast, they asked me to come and speak to you. And Jim just kind of said, hey, Kyle, you can kind of talk about whatever you want. And I just kind of said, are you kidding? And he said, no, whatever you want. And I said, well, if I got 15 minutes to talk to a bunch of men who are coming to a men's Bible study or a men's breakfast study, I mean, there's only one thing that I want to talk about, and that's spiritual leadership and what that looks like and how can we as a church, men in our church, begin to take more ground for God's kingdom. And I tell you, it is a passion of mine, um, just how we do this and what that looks like and um, how we continue to take more ground for the kingdom. So let me pray for us, and we're going to dive in for about 10 or 15 minutes. Lord, thanks for these men that are here, and I just pray that this 15 minutes that we've got uh, would be life-changing. Father, that we would see some things for the first time that we haven't seen, or maybe we just get reminded of what matters and what really counts. And so I just pray, Lord, that as we spend some time together, that you would move our hearts, that you would change our hearts. Would you teach us how to love you better, how to care for our family better, and how to take ground uh, for your kingdom? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that I have been moved by since I've been around Watermark is Todd did, we did a a leadership retreat four or five years ago, uh, and maybe even a little bit less than that. But one of the comments that Todd made that I think is absolutely incredible is that God is willing to let entire nations rise and fall based on leadership. And for those of you that are doing the journey, we have just gone through the major prophets and the minor prophets, and I mean continuously, that's what we saw, is that God allowed the nation of Israel to fall because of bad leadership. In the same way, if you look around, you find out organizations and ministries and things that are succeeding and being effective for, God, for God's kingdom, it's because of great leadership. And so what I want to do, do today is just take you through five principles. Here's what I did. Two days ago, I sat down and I went through the book of Proverbs and I just searched for every single passage in the book of Proverbs that had king in it, okay? And so it came up with about 30 passages and I kind of went through and came up with five principles from the book of Proverbs that kind of help us in our spiritual leadership. And so we're just going to dive in real, real quickly here. The first one is that spiritual leadership is mysterious by God's design and subject to his sovereign plan. Let me tell you one of the things that I think we run into as leaders in the church looking for other leaders is that people think that leadership or spiritual leadership is what I would say formulaic, that if you have all the right information and if you do all the right things, you are going to be an effective leader. And the reality is, is that spiritual leadership is a little bit mysterious, And it is a little bit subject to God, or a lot bit subject to God's sovereignty. One of the things that, this happened several years ago before we started Watermark. I was at Little Rock at a church up there called Fellowship Little Rock, for those of y'all that are familiar, that have had a great impact on God's kingdom. And we were up there, and they kind of have three guys in leadership that kind of lead that church. And we got a chance to talk to those guys about, hey, how did you do this, and what happened, and 
you know, I, I tend to put people on this pedestal, a leadership pedestal, and think, oh, they're so gifted and all that kind of stuff. And those guys were up there, and they just kind of said, hey, we were just being faithful, we were being available, and all of a sudden, God's wave came, and we just, we just wrote it, is all we did. And so as we started Watermark, and I, and I kind of look back now and think about that deal, that, that's exactly what happened with us. If you would have told me five years ago, seven years ago, ten years ago that I would be on staff at a church, I would have told you, you are crazy. There is no way. I had, I just, you know, my, my background's young life, and I love that easygoing culture and, you know, wear shorts and T-shirts and not have to worry about paving parking lots and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I just thought there's no way in a million years I'm ever going to be a part of a church that has that kind of a culture. And all of a sudden this deal kind of happened with these seven families and then these 150 families. And then the first time we opened up November 7th, it was 250 people. And, you know, as of two weeks ago, we had 600 something kids in children's ministry and 2,500 adults. And I just kind of look back and think, man, all we did was ride the wave. I mean, that is all that's happening here. And it's really funny. I, I, I don't know. You guys know that sometimes I get a chance to teach on Sunday and this last summer, when I was teaching a couple of times, I was literally up on stage and I had, while I'm teaching and communicating, I had this out of body experience and I'm up there and I'm teaching and I'm running through my notes and scripture and stuff like that. And literally I see myself on stage and it is like, what are you doing? You are on stage teaching in front of however many people. And I, I never in a million years did I think I would be at that place. And so what that brings me back to is our job, if we want to be spiritual leaders, is to be faithful and available exactly where we are and trust God that he's going to put us in the place where we're going to have the biggest impact. So that's the first thing, that spiritual leadership is mysterious by God's design and subject to his sovereign plan. The second one, and we may not get any further than this one right here before the day's out, and that is spiritual leadership is more about the state of your heart than any activity you will ever perform for him. And I know this is probably repeat for folks, but the biggest leadership challenge I have and you guys are going to have as you seek to be spiritual leaders is taking care of yourself. That's it. I was reading an article last night just getting ready for this. And there's a guy, and I can't remember his name. I've got it in the article. But he said, this guy that talks about spiritual leadership, he just said that 50% of your time ought to be spent on you. Now, I don't know how many of us can afford, at least in the way that we think right now, to take that kind of time to spend on ourselves. But if you think about taking care of your body, taking care of your mind, and then especially taking care of your soul, his thought was it takes 50% of your time just to take care of yourself. And the best thing that you can give the people that you lead is a fully engaged, fully impassioned leader. And so my hunch is, I haven't been able to discipline myself to do this yet, but my hunch is if I were to take 50% of my time to work on my stuff, my junk, that the impact that I have for God's kingdom would be much more than it is right now. Now that's hard for me because every, every place else what I get from the world is be efficient, be effective, make progress, have meetings, all that kind of stuff. And in God's kingdom, God's economy, I really think if we're taking care of our heart, 
that our, our, it's that mysterious part of who God is that our impact's going to be even greater. Now, we may not know that now. I mean, one of the fun things, Jim, I hope you don't mind me sharing this. I'm going to share it anyway. <coughs> one of the things that I love about hanging out with Jim is, as you all know, and we talk about a lot, Jim's a praying man and not, doesn't teach up front, doing all that kind of stuff. But some, can I talk about Harriet a little bit? One of the things you guys know, Harriet Myers is the, is the, uh, the next nominee for the su- Supreme Court. Well, Jim, who's never up front, never does all that kind of stuff, prayed for her, knew her before, was a, before she was a Christian, when she came to Christ and talks to her on a monthly basis about who she is, how can I pray for you, what's going on, all that kind of stuff. And I've been moved even these last two weeks that Jim, who's not a guy who's up front all that kind of time, is having an impact because of his prayer life and because of his relationships on potentially a Supreme Court, not only nominee, but hopefully a confirmed Supreme Court justice. That's amazing to me that God has had Jim in a place where he could influence what I believe is the most, the most inf- one of the most influential positions in our country. I think God is going to judge the judges of our country harder than he's going to judge anybody else because I think that they have the most influence on what happens to our culture and morality. And so, you know, Jim had no idea 30, 25 years ago when he was praying for Harriet Myers that she was going to end up being a Supreme Court. And I mean, ne- neither did m- many people two months ago. Okay, because it's so out of left field. But I love the fact that Jim has had an influence on her life because he was doing what he was doing, faithful, available, and taking care of his own heart, prayer life, all that kind of stuff. It's an amazing thing to me. Um, And you can see on each one of these, I've got verses down there that you can see. And it was really fun to go through Proverbs and Kings and just see how these things kind of laid out. Third one, spiritual leadership is based more on authenticity than on natural wiring or giftedness. Okay, we tend to look at people, I I know I do, that are really, really gifted and say, I can't do what they can do. Okay, the reality is people follow authenticity. Okay, it's one of the things that I think has marked Watermark, and it's the reason people come every Sunday and say, that was incredible, because we have a senior pastor who is up there saying, hey, I, I wanted to kill my wife two weeks ago. You just don't hear that, certainly at Walnut Hill Methodist, where I grew up, or something like that, you don't see a pastor up front who's living life with authenticity and vulnerability. And it's not just for a guy that's gifted like Todd is, it's for all of us. Whether we're up front on stage on a Sunday morning or not, whatever, whatever sphere of influence God has put us in, okay, authenticity is what causes people to follow. Are you doing and being who you say you are? And so authenticity is critically important i love look at the proverbs twenty twenty eight right there it says love and faithfulness keep a king safe through love his throne is made secure number four spiritual leadership understands the need for the pack okay and it's what we what you hear around here all the time but it's about community that you don't do things alone and i'll tell you guys a great story that happened to me this last spring, anybody who knows we all knows I am a sports freak, okay? And I have twin girls that play soccer uh, and are both pretty good soccer players. They're pretty athletic and things like that. So third grade girls, okay, and I have to really watch how excited and competitive I get and all that kind of stuff when I coach and 
all that. Well, for the first time, we had playoffs, okay, this last year. And, I mean, I was into it big time. We were having a great time. But it was really funny. After the first playoff game, our girls won in penalty kicks. And one of my daughters made a great save at the end to kind of win the game and all that kind of stuff. And in the midst of being excited and all that kind of stuff, I looked up. And I just, for the first time in years, I miss my dad. And for those of y'all that don't know my story, my dad took off when I was 15 and I never saw him again. And then he died at the age of 18 without us ever having reconciled that relationship. And so I just, my mom was there, which was great, but I just looked up and I mean, just this overwhelming sense of, gosh, I wish my dad could have been here because he was at all my stuff until I was 15 and all that. And so I was really bummed down. I missed that. And so the next game was the championship game. And, um, and same thing was happening, or the next game was the second playoff game. Same thing. The game ended in a tie, and my daughter was in the goal and kicking and all that kind of stuff, and we ended up winning again, and I looked up, and four of the guys that are in my life on a regular basis were around that field cheering for my daughters, and I just lost it. And I just said, God, I am so thankful that one of the biggest gaps that I have in my life which is having a dad that was around during those key years, 15 to 21 to 22, has now been replaced by three, four, five other men in my life that are coming and playing significant roles. And so as we think about spiritual leadership, as we think about our life as leaders, we have got to have people in our life that are filling those gaps. We're in a situation right now in our community group where (coughs) there's some significant things going on, and We met this last Sunday night. We're going to meet next Sunday night and talk and help these folks think through these things. So as you think about spiritual leadership, just remember the importance of the pack, the whole idea of having people in your life. The last one, spiritual leadership is for those who possess tenacity in pursuing God and a courageous march into relationships which often become messy. Okay? Proverb here is great. It's Proverbs 25, 2 and 3. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. Okay? Basically, what's that saying is I think that God wants us to come after him hard. Okay? I think when we're new Christians, when we're early in our faith, God becomes fairly searchable. Okay? He, his presence is felt a little more intensely probably than it is, but as we grow and our faith gets deeper and deeper and we mature more and more, I think God, not being mean anyway, but tends to pull his to pull away. Not He doesn't leave us ever. Please don't hear me say that. But he, he kind of withdraws so that we'll come after him. And it's why it says that the glory of kings is to search out a matter. And so spiritual leadership is us being tenacious about pursuing God and who he is and his mind and his heart and his will. Okay, and it's one of the things, you know, I, I love the whole picture of a junkyard dog that grabs hold of your, you know, your pant leg and you can't kick him off, you know, you can't kick him off for anything because, you know, it's like, God, I don't care what you take me through, what desert, what valley, whatever, I'm going to hang on and by golly on the other side, I'm still going to be hanging on and we're going to have learned together the things that you want me to learn. And so it's the glory of kings, it's the glory of leaders to seek out a matter and to search the heart of God. And the last part of that phrase is just, and a courageous march into relationships which become messy. Okay? One of the things I love about our church is CR, is celebrate recovery, and the way that it keeps us in an authentic place with people. (coughs) 
And what you find is you move into relationships and it becomes really, really messy. I had yesterday afternoon, I had a gal in my office and crying up a storm. And before I started working at Watermark, crying girls made me nervous. Now it happens about once a week, okay? Um, <coughs> just because of hard conversations and hopefully healthy and spirit-led conversations, but you're having honest conversations with people about what it means to look like Christ and what it means to grow and all that kind of stuff. And so I just think as we think about our spiritual leadership, one of the things I think that Todd does incredibly well is that in the midst of his, as he lives his life in the Highland Park area, he is tenacious about initiating relationships. I mean, all the, all four soccer teams that he coaches and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he's got these web of relationships that he is continually initiating, you know, first time, hey, nice to meet you all that, and then he follows up with, hey, can I take your kid home? Can I do something? Hey, come to Watermark. Hey, let me tell you my story of grace and what happened. And just the influence that he has in that community whenever the kids were killed a couple of years ago at one of the Highland Park Elementary Schools. Todd came in there as a parent, and by two or three days later, Todd was talking to the whole community of parents about what happened and how to handle this and all that kind of stuff because of his initiation of relationships. And I know some of us are wired to be introverts, and that's hard for us, but I continually look at the life of Christ, and Christ was always initiating with people, always saying, let me come to your house to have dinner, always saying, come on, follow me. And so even if we're introverted, there still needs to be an initiation of relationship. I think that's just part of spiritual leadership. So those are really the five things. I went through Proverbs the last couple of days, really the five things that kind of stuck out to me. But I will go back to number two, okay? And that is who you are with Christ is more important than anything you will ever do for the kingdom. And so taking care of your own heart, okay, your intimacy with Christ, listening to God is more important than anything you will ever do for him. And my prayer as I was getting ready for today was that you guys after our time together this morning, would spend some time with the Lord and just say, okay, God, am I in the place that you want me to be? Am I having the influence that you want me to have? And if you are, terrific. Great. Be faithful. But if you're not, think through, God, what have you called me to do? What areas of my life have you called me to give up, okay, to get away from, to leave behind, so that I'll have some capacity to do exactly what you have called me to do? And so would you do that? Would you spend some time just saying, God, and if you're in a great place, great. But if you're not, spend some time and say, God, what is it that you have for me? And then be tenacious about pursuing that in community with Christ and together. You know, my dreams is that at some point Watermark will have a team of people that will literally take on DISD. And we all know what a potential disaster that place is or can become, Okay. And I just, that we could go to Laura Miller and say, look, I got 15 of Dallas's best leaders. We want it. Let us have it. Let us figure out how to turn that thing around. We've got this whole Vickery Meadow area over here. It's the highest crime rate in Dallas. 10 or 15 of Dallas's greatest leaders and go to that police department over there and say, let us have it. Okay. I mean, even in children's ministries, I'm thinking through children's stuff, we've opened up this whole area, Spring Valley and Coit, when we get to this site right here, about having buses just load up those apartment communities and load them up and bring them over to children's ministry and take them back. I mean, if I can get 10 of Dallas's best leaders and say, let's figure out how to make that happen. I think it's here.
I, really, I, I think it's in our body. It's a matter of us just continuing to grow with Christ, asking God what he wants us to do. And then, man, let's take it, let's take it by storm. So let me pray for us and we'll be done. <coughs> Father, thank you um, for men who desire, as you say in the scriptures, spiritual leadership earnestly desire spiritual leadership. And Father, I pray that you would convict us of those areas in our life uh, where we have not yielded to you. Father, and you would give us a picture, a vision of what it is that you have for us and that we would step on the gas pedal to get there. All along the way, Father, we're checking the state of our heart and are we leading with authenticity. And so, Lord, I pray that you would do that in my life today. Help me to re-up with you. Father, pray that that would happen in the lives of these guys that are here this morning that got up early to come listen. And Father, we ask that because of our time this morning that you would redeem it for your kingdom in ways that we could never imagine, that we would ride the wave, Father, that you've got us on. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.